Three days later, the world changed. Amen? All right, so this morning, I kind of want to shift gears and move on just a little bit. If you'll turn in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, I'm going to read uh, some scripture from there. I'm going to stay in that particular chapter the whole service. So at least you won't have to fumble around with pages and, or uh, your phone to, to keep up with me. But uh, I just want to stay right there, and we're going to talk about peerless times. You know what peerless times are? Well, do you think we're in? Perilous or perilous. What, how would you say that? i got to get with some of my, my smart people in the back row back there and ask Joel how you pronounce that, but he'll straighten me out after church. Amen, brother? All right, but we're going to talk about perilous times. All right? So uh, if you'll turn to 2 Timothy, the third chapter, we'll look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you again for all you do for your people. Just give us a, a message ordered by you. Uh, we agree with what it said on TV. God doesn't... Uh, I call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And I know I don't deserve, if you would, to be the one leading everything in the congregation, but Lord, you've given me the grace to do my best, and hopefully the congregation has profited from it. So lead us, we pray, into greater things. Give us wisdom on how we need to deal with the world we live in. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, verse, uh, 2 Timothy uh, Third chapter, verse 1, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, we're going to talk about some perilous times. Amen? Uh, and if I only read that verse, you probably already have a lot of things rolling around in that gray matter between your ears wondering what Paul was talking about when he wrote this to Timothy. It would seem that um, because he says in the last days or latter times um, that these things are going to take place. So we would think in that kind of terminology that it's something out in the future. Amen? How many of you are afraid of the future of what's coming? Well, you won't admit it, but the uncertainty of it all makes all of us, if you would, kind of shimmer and shake in our boots, if you would, not knowing what's around the next corner. So um, nothing could be farther from the truth because the, the last days started when Jesus Christ was born. So for 2,000 years, we've been living in the last days. Amen? So most of, if you want to look at it as we see the last days, we can look in the history books and see what happened in the last days. But it also includes what's coming today and in the future. Amen? Because the Word of God is good for us in every generation we live in. Here Paul is writing to a younger pastor, and Paul feels the need to kind of mentor Timothy. I don't even know if the word mentor is even in Scripture. I'll have to look that up when I get some spare time. And see that, but that's the kind of the position that the Apostle Paul took as he took Timothy under his wing and allowed Timothy to become the pastor, if you would, of the church at Ephesus. Uh, the Ephesian church is where uh, Timothy, according to history, spent almost all of his adult life 
uh, pastoring or teaching or preaching there. And of course, the Apostle Paul was the one that brought him up through the ranks. If you want to go through the ordination process of the Church of God, Anderson, Indiana, it's about a three-year process. And you have to now, it's required that you have a mentoring pastor, someone you're responsible to go to and make connections, and he can help or bring you along in the teachings of the Word of God, in the practices of the church, in the duties, if you want to call it that, that a pastor has to go through. It doesn't tell you in the Bible how to preach a funeral. It doesn't tell you in the Bible how to preach a wedding. It don't even tell you how to park the cars in the parking lot. But sometimes the pastor has to step up and, and point things out and do things so that everything runs smooth. Amen? So those are the kind of mentoring things that a pastor can do for another pastor to help him out. And in this particular uh, chapter of the Bible, that's what I see Paul doing in probably in a greater way than any other place in Scripture. So... Uh, there's much in the scriptures about uh, not only what was a help to Timothy in his life and ministry, but it can be a beacon of light to guide you and I. So not only did him writing this third chapter help Timothy, it'll help us. That's the way the word of God can work. Here in verse 1, it says, This know also. Now to me, if I was writing this verse, if you was reading it out of the dude version, it'd say either wherefore or therefore. So when he says, this know also, what does wherefore and therefore mean? It's a word that says you got to stay in context. Okay, because based on what I already told you, this is where I'm going next. This is the next thought I want you to get when he says that. So when he points that out, he sometimes uh, is showing us where we need to be because it's something that would paint a dismal picture of our future if we didn't have the context to let us know what the holy writings are saying when Paul writes this because Paul has just given Timothy some real sound practical teaching on ministerial guidelines. Now, I'm not going to go back and preach on that in chapter 2, but if you want to read that for an afternoon, uh, sit in the sun uh, story time, that would really help you in understanding how Paul was bringing uh, Timothy up to, up to date on what was going on in that situation. <clears throat> so in chapter 3, we've got more of an eye-opening realities that a minister should be very aware of and prepared to meet head on to help those that look to him for leadership. Now Paul knew that he had leaders all over the countryside that he had walked or went around to and dealt with each of the churches that he had helped establish, but the one in Ephesus, he wanted to make sure it was solid because it had its footprints all over it. Amen? So here we find that when Paul was talking to Timothy about this, he was concerned that they didn't get caught up in the everyday things um, that shouldn't uh, be a trial or temptation to the church. All right, and he says that this term last days uh, in Scripture has evolved as the operation of God has led the leaders of his people 
and had a vision to guide their faith and trust in God. In the Old Testament, it uses the term the last days. Did you know that? Man, that was a long time ago. But the last days in the Old Testament was pointing to Jesus Christ. But in the New Testament, when it uses the, the term last days, it means what's coming with Christ's coming and following after that. Do you know there's nothing else in the Bible that needs to be fulfilled except Jesus' second coming? So in the last days, everything that should have been fulfilled pretty much has been fulfilled. Now don't get me wrong. The devil's a slick little... Well, I almost said something. But he, we know that he tries to come at us from several different... Same spirit, same purpose... Same desire, it's all about taking us down or tearing us apart or rooting up what God has done in our life, but he does it from different ways at different times. Now, we have to be 2022 savvy on the, the devil's workings just like Paul was in A.D. 60 when he wrote this book to Timothy. Amen? So to say that, that the last days perilous times shall come Adam could have said that and been accurate Adam in the Garden of Eden he could have said perilous times are going to come would he have been accurate you better believe it because the devil was right there in the garden to make sure they were perilous amen Moses could have said that as he was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt across the wilderness he could have jumped up on a hickory stump somewhere and got his fiddle out and played a tune and said, perilous times are coming. Amen. You might have thought it was somebody else, huh? Playing about the devil down in Georgia. All right. Joshua could have done that. As they were crossing the river, Jordan, to go take Jericho, Joshua could have said, now before you go, guys, I want you to know, perilous times are coming. He would have been accurate. Would he not? Absolutely. Amen. Mary, when the angel Gabriel made an announcement to her, you're going to have a child, a virgin having a child. Amen. No man involved. It's going to happen. She could have said, perilous times are coming. And she would have been accurate. And on and on down through history, we can say that because they take place in the last days. Amen? Certainly. Amen. I could say it yet today in this message because evil is still lurking in the background and every movement of history that God has dealt with his people in an effort to guide them to their eternal home to be with him, the enemy has been lurking in the background in perilous times. Amen? So here we find that in this particular uh, chapter that we read here, and of course, that's, I don't know if it's exactly A.D. 60, but I just throw that out there because we don't know exactly. But somewhere along there, Paul wrote this letter inspired by the Holy Spirit, and Paul lists the last day characteristics of an individual that Timothy, no doubt, was already been introduced to and seen the workings of the enemy on the church. You don't have to be a pastor very long to know the enemy's out to get the church. 
Amen. We've been preaching a lot of that on Thursday night as we've opened the, the first six vials that God poured out on the earth or out on wherever, out on the sea, out on wherever. You know, when God has a vial, and I'm, I'm going to just help you along in the revelation there, it's a bowl, it's a cup, it's a pitcher, I don't know what it was. But when God pours it out, he just don't splash a little over here and a little over there. and a, someone. God wants everybody to have the same opportunity. When he pours it out, he pours it out on the whole world. Did you know that? Because God's not a respecter of persons. Now, it's not what so much as what God pours out on us as it is how we receive what he poured out on us. Amen? So when you don't uh, respond correctly to what God gives his people, you're the one that's responsible for the actions of your life in that case. So when we read this, we can read down through verse 2 through 9, and I'm not going to. You can glance over it with your eyes if you got your Bible there and find out yet in 2022 that list can be uh, acknowledged in our minds to say, yeah, we know people like that. And yet that list would probably just keep going and going and find out more and more and more things that we need to be aware of in the evil of our day. Amen? Now, I, excuse me, I listen to the news, or the so-called news, and I listen to the radio, and I can't believe how dumb I am. And the reason I say that is because they come up with new words to describe what's going on in our world around us all the time. And they'll be broadcasting something and use a word in there to describe it, and I've never heard that before. Huh, I would have thought I'm pretty smart, right? Everything nowadays is politicized to force everyone into a thinking pattern as to the way they can control the people's minds and thinking. Did you know that? You know, they want you to either be in this group or that group so they know how to treat you when they talk to you. And you don't have to talk to somebody very long if you're talking on any subject, politically speaking, to know which camp they set up their tent in. Amen? Well, there's a whole lot of things that could be going on that in our world that we don't really approve of. There are, there's new terms even for it. I didn't know what woke is. I had to study it and find out. You know what woke is? Oh, yeah, they're teaching woke everywhere. You know that? Did you know that they're teaching critical race theory? Amen. Did you know that? I didn't know what critical race theory was. I didn't know there's a race for theory for this group and a race theory for that group. I thought we were all humans. I thought we all got the same opportunities. I thought we all worked together to be God's people. Man, they come up with all of them. Then they've even got sex education for our kindergartners. I don't really remember a whole lot about uh, kindergarten, but if they'd have taught sex in it, I probably would have remembered it. I don't know. I kind of think that's somewhere that some of this stuff, parents need to stand up and say, hey, leave my children alone. Amen? If I want them to know that, I'll teach them. You teach them reading, writing, arithmetic, history, true history. Don't make up history. Don't make it sound like it's your history give us the truth on all this and uh, let my kids find out that way amen so Paul warns us 
through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, perilous times are coming. Not only was it in, true in Timothy's day, it's true in our day. I believe Paul, if he was summoned by God, now I know this is uh, one of those hypothetical what-ifs, just think if God told Paul, can you take a couple days off and go back to earth and see what it's like now? Compared to what it was like when he wrote these perilous times and what's going on there, man, you don't think he wouldn't be shocked? Amen. He wouldn't know which way to turn, would he? Well, as a pastor, I want to kind of give you a heads up. You don't even have to listen to me if you don't want to. But next month, we're going to have a primary election in Ohio. Amen? It should mean something to all of you. This is your chance to tell your elected officials what you want done in your country around you. Amen? Now, I'm not allowed to stand up here and name names and tell you who to vote for. I wouldn't do that anyway. But I think it's my responsibility, and I'm allowed to, tell you what things you need to look for in the person you're going to vote for. Amen? All right? I'll just give you a couple of examples on that. I think abortion is murder. That's just my opinion, and I think the Bible would back me up on that. And God says don't murder. I think he meant business. Amen? And I think uh, there's some uh, transgender issues that are prominent in our day and time now. And, of course, we mentioned the critical race theory and other things. Amen? I just wonder when they think they need to change from one gender to the next, um, who do they think made them the gender that they are? God did it. Well, did God change his mind? Or did God make a mistake? No, if he wanted you to be one gender or the other, he could have done that with the no effort at all. He took care of that long before you went to kindergarten. And you don't need to be taught that stuff in kindergarten. Now, the reason I, this is fresh on my mind is I had to fix a tractor yesterday for a guy in my neighborhood. I didn't know him, don't know as I've ever met him before. He just called me because he found my name on the... Facebook or whatever it is, social media of some sort, said, dude knows what he's doing. Go see him. So I called him. He brought his mower over, and I fixed He happens to be a trustee in the area that I live in. Ha, 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 ha. We had a conversation because he has influence. I want to know where he stands on exactly some of these issues. Amen? He convinced me that he and I are thinking down the same avenues. Well, that's good. I like that idea uh, that he thinks God's still in control when God doesn't make mistakes. Amen? Now, don't display ungodly attitudes towards those that you disagree with on some of those issues I talked about and their decisions. Love the person, but stand against those things that God's Word says God is against in these perilous times. Why do we have perilous times? Because people don't listen to God. Amen? Well, I want to admonish all of us. Take time to vote, but before you do, take time to look at the candidates that are running. There's not that many. You could probably run through the list, 
I know there's some for the Senate and some for the uh, House of Representatives. Um, some are Democrats, some are Republican, whatever. Look at all of them. Amen. Pick out the one that most agrees with you. There's probably none of them agree with you 100% on everything. But pick out the one that, you, and if there's an issue that you really feel strong about, find that guy that really feel, or girl, that really feels like you do and vote for them. Amen? Take time to make sure you vote intelligently. Amen? Now, you can ask me what I think uh, privately, and I may give you some ideas about different things, but I don't want it to be your vote, and I, don't want, I want you to have that privilege, but I do think your vote is very important, and we need to express our votes in every way we can. And I want to say one more thing about that. Don't believe everything you see on TV. Don't believe everything you hear on the radio. Don't believe every one of the signs that are put up in the yard or on the billboards about somebody um, because what they're trying to do is gain favor or points by making somebody look bad or saying, I'm the greatest, vote for me. And probably both of them are wrong. Amen. But I do believe to be a good Christian citizen, you should vote for the one that most represents your convictions and not the one that sends me uh, the most money, even though I didn't earn it. All right, back to first or Second Timothy, the third chapter. Amen. That was my soapbox for a while. I didn't take too long on it. All right. Now, drop down in that chapter to verse number ten. I want to read verse ten to eleven. It says, but that means on the other hand. Now, see from verse two through nine we've seen the negative of the perilous times. Verse 10, he's going to tell us there's some good things going on that we need to make sure that is happening around us. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came on me at Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, uh, what perse persecutions I endured, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Paul says, man, there's bad things going around all the time. I don't have to be part of it. I have a better answer than what this world wants me to think I have. Now look at the, that, that's important to look at the last line in verse 11. Where it says, but out of them the Lord delivered me from them all. Isn't that something? Amen. It's a, so we need to know that Paul knew who took care of him, even though the enemy was hot and heavy after him in everything he did. He not just delivered him from some of them. He said the Lord delivered me out of all those things that were coming against me. Now, to understand the perilous times and acknowledge who's behind the curtain and making all these calls and calling all the shots, that will help us go through these attacks that are, uh, allows God to deliver me and you too. In my Bible, I, with red ink, underlined verse number 12. It says, Yea, 
and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Do you know persecution's in your future? You didn't know that? Well, you can say, well, I'll just stay home. I won't go out in the world. Nobody can persecute me that way. Well, if, unless you live alone, you're still going to face persecution. Amen? She'll get after you once in a while, or he'll get after you once in a while. And you'll say, oh, that's persecution. No, that's just God's way of letting you know you can't hide from persecution. Amen? You can't live in a bubble. Amen? That's what we need to be aware of when we do these things. But Jesus said we're in the world, but we're not to be of the world. Amen? We need to let the light of our life shine on all the dark things the enemy's trying to do um, in our lives. Remember now, Paul said perilous times are not only here, but they'll be constant thorn in our side as we try to walk the righteous life God wants us to walk. You know, the enemy's not happy when you're smiling, whistling Dixie, and God and you are skipping through the tulips, through the park, on a bright sunny day, having a wonderful time. He wants to ruin that in any way he can. So look with me at verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Whoa. They've got a full-time job too. But what is it? It's to make you miserable. It's to persecute you. It's to give you a hard time. It's to make it look like they're the ones that's doing right, even though they're not living according to God's word. Amen? The more we see and deal with perilous times, the more we can defeat its effect on our spirit. But we are shooting at the moving target because the devil one day will attack you in this area, next day that area. You get victory one day here, he'll come at you over here to destroy the victory that you did receive. The devil's using evil people that are more evil today than they were yesterday. It seems like the world, as far as morals is concerned, is sinking to a new world record every day. It just gets worse. And when you think you've seen it all, wait till tomorrow. It'll be worse, I can guarantee it. Amen. So since the devil has an evolving attitude towards evil, or he wants to keep it rolling, Paul's warning Timothy and us that we need to, in verse 14, Continue in the things that we've learned. But continue thou in the things that you've learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom you've learned them. Do you know anything that's right? You're sure that's the truth. Anything in your mind come to surface when you think, I know that is for sure. Amen? Well, there's somebody going to try to tell you different. And it's the devil. But we can be assured that we've learned some things that we need to hang our hats on. Now, I went to high school. I know you find that hard to believe. I went to the same school for 12 years. Amen? And they gave me a diploma. I don't know where it's at. I don't know what happened to it. 
I don't know what the big deal was all about because I thought once they handed me that sheepskin, I didn't have to read another book the rest of my life. I'd be as smart as they ever was. Man, they taught me everything. Of course, C's and D's don't count, but I still went through all their classes. Amen. And so I thought, well, I was on the road to knowing it all. So I decided, well, maybe there's a few things I don't know. So I went to college for a while. And, of course, that even probably made it worse. But uh, nonetheless, I've tried to, if you would, get all the knowledge and understanding I'd ever need in my life. If I could get it by the time I'm 20, man, if I live to be 72, I'll be so, just coasting easily, right? I'll know it all. Well, I can tell you, even at 72, there's more learning to be done. Amen? So, uh, I know I'm 72, I know I'm retired, and the, the attacks of the evil one of this world still pushes me to open my eyes and open my mind in a greater way as to what he's trying to do more than ever before in my life. Amen? You know, I think the devil likes to work on older people because he knows they're getting close to the crossing over point, especially Christians. Now, he likes to work on the young people because, you know, they don't even think things through. They just react to whatever happens and they adopt whatever and they, you know, not all of them, but they, some of them you are just uh, what uh, Rush Limbaugh used to say, um, brains of mush that they go in there and put whatever they want in there. But if I'm going to live a righteous life for God, the one that God requires of me to reach heaven eternally, I still need to have on guard against the evil attacks of the devil and the world. They will still be coming after me even after my 72nd birthday. Amen. You would think by now I should know it all, wouldn't you? Well, no. That's the reason is the devil hasn't quit learning either. So I need to stay ahead of him. Now, the best way to ground your thinking in the pattern that God wants you to follow. You ready? Number one, continue in the things that you've learned. If you know something's truth, don't let anybody tell you different. Stand on it. Amen? Be assured of it. What practical experiences have enhanced your walk with God, made you a better Christian, made you closer to God? Keep doing it. Amen. Don't let nobody tell you no different. Amen. If it's your prayer life you think that's strong, don't let up. If you meditate on God and you meditate on the things of God and it helps you to keep everything fresh in your mind, continue doing it. Keep after it. If you like having fellowship with the believers and that makes you feel at home and secure in the fact that you're not in this race alone, keep coming. We'll be here. Amen. God will help us to, to stay what we need to do to walk with him. If your Bible study that you're in brings you closer to God and brings you more of understanding of what God's purpose in your life is, Keep studying. Keep doing it. 
Amen. Because Paul says, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Amen. And let me add to that. Learn the difference between truth and opinion. There's a difference. Amen. Truth is always truth. Opinions, <laughs> they change from person to person. Sometimes from day to day. And sometimes from circumstance to circumstance. So we need to know the truths that will hold us solid in what we do for God. Verse 15 said, And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Now, Paul is telling Timothy, I know your life. I've known you since you was a kid. Amen? And he, Lois and Eunice, they raised you right. Amen? That's his mother and grandmother. It's earlier in, this, in the, the, the chapters you can read that. So I know they did right by you and your heritage that you was raised in the scriptures from a young child. I'm encouraged when I see young people come to church, whether it's for junior church, whether it's for um, vacation Bible school or kids camp or whatever, because what we teach them there, for the most part, they will always remember. Amen? Especially if you can give them a take home, hang on the wall, something kind of gimmick, something kind of toy they had, some kind of something, that's a reminder of what they were as a young child in the things of God. Because children are, are strong to remember what they were taught as a child, and we should never forget Bible basics. Amen? Everybody should read the Bible and find out the basics that are in it. Amen? When you go to college, they start you out with class 101. And you learn English 101, math 101, and all right on down. Biology 101. And then they build on that to build whatever you need as a background in, your, in the field of expertise that you want to go into once you graduate. Well, let me tell you one of the basics you should never forget. Long time ago, God gave Moses Ten Commandments. I am of the opinion, this is my opinion, you may have a different one. If everybody that I know, meet, run into, where, just lived by the Ten Commandments, we would have a much nicer place to live in in this world called America or wherever around the world if they just abide by those ten. Now, I got to tell you, they write a law and they've done it recently. They just wrote a law not long ago that was 2,200 pages long. And they was going to vote on it in three days. Do you know how many pages 2,200 is? That's twice the pages that you have in your Bible. So how many people do you think is going to read something that has as much reading to it as twice as much as the Bible understand it, and be ready to vote whether they like it or not in three days. I don't think so. It's hard for me to get through the Bible from cover to cover in a year, let alone three days. And I'm working on it. We're going to make it, I hope. But we're moving forward. But if we just went by the Ten Commandments, amen, Word says don't murder. That's still good advice, isn't it? Amen. Don't steal. Hmm, that's good advice. 
Don't lie. Huh, pretty good advice. Anybody see anything wrong with that? Don't commit adultery. Hmm, sounds like a good plan to me. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Does that still work today? Amen. That's right there in the Ten Commandments. If we could just get people to, that's only five of them. Amen. If we could just get people to line up with those commandments, the reality is whatever, it, uh, whatever makes you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ, that's what he wrote there in that verse, verse 15, that's still good advice today. Just like all the commandments that I just brought to your attention. All right, now let's just conclude this in verses 16 and 17 here. He said, This subject on perilous times, by learning and retaining truth of God's Word and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we call that the two witnesses, His Word and His Spirit. They go hand in hand. They work together to make your life exactly what God wants it to be. Because if you'll look back in verse number 7, Paul reminds us that um, evil people are ever learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. So if you can come to the knowledge of the truth, you're smarter than all the evil people of this world. Did you know that? How would you like to be one of the smartest people in the world? Just know the truth and stick to it. Amen. That's what Paul's telling us. Amen. For us to need to be the exact opposite of what he's talking about of the evil people of this world, not only should we learn the truth, we need to cling to it with all our might and with all our soul, with all of our spirit to be what God wants us to be. Amen. That's what he's telling us in that particular scripture. Now, verse 16 says, All scripture... I got to say, all scripture, I want to add, if you leave it in context, remember that. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, God said it. Amen? So if God said it, I want to hear it. Amen? I want to know it. I want to be what God wants me to be because I've got a lot at stake in my future by following what God said rather than what the enemy of my soul has to say. If God said it, we can count on it today and forever. Amen? Now, I want to read to you from that particular scripture, verse 16, and show you some things that, that God said we could count on because this is what the purpose of scripture in context really means. He says in verse 16, it is profitable for doctrine. Huh, isn't that good? Without doctrine, what are we? We're just shooting in the dark, shotgunning, going any old which way. We've got to have doctrine. What is doctrine? Doctrine is understanding what Jesus taught, what he told his disciples to teach, and what the New Testament church follows. It's the things we need to do, say, read, be, anything to be exactly what Jesus wants us to be. Amen? Now, we've got several doctrines. Uh, the church has different 
doctrines of different congregations. Um, there are some churches that don't believe in water baptism. There are some that say it's all about the Lord's Supper, and I understand they can point out whatever they want to make that. There are people, and i got to tell you, the one I like the most is feet washing. Boy, you really got to look hard to find a church that teaches feet washing. And yet Jesus commanded it and made it a doctrine of the church. Huh. How about that stuff? Amen. Well, I know. I've been around an awful lot of people and talked to them in the last four decades about their stand on scriptures and different things. And uh, I found that the, what I'm teaches and what I believe of the Word of God is just about where the church of God should be. Now, there are different congregations that don't believe in such things. But we need to make sure we're up to the task of doing uh, what there should be of the scriptures or there'd be no doctrine and everyone could just do whatever seems good to them. That sounds like perilous times to me. Everybody just do your own thing? Boy, you're looking for trouble. Just put that out and let everybody follow it. Number two, he said it's good for reproof. What does reproof mean? We don't use that word very often. As a matter of fact, it's not even used in the Bible all that much. But reproof means it's your convictions. Do you have convictions or do you have evidence that that's true in your life, what the Word of God says? That's the reproof you can get. It's what you really believe and what you know to be truth from God's Word. Amen? What has God told you that you know works in your life and no matter what anybody else says, it has nothing to do with you. It just bounces off because it doesn't impact you or doesn't change your convictions. Amen? Now, I'm not talking about whether you should watch television 10 hours a day or not. People have convictions about that. I'm not talking about trivial things of whatever that people say their convictions are. I'm talking about convictions from the Word of God. What is truth and what it means to make me be a better child of God. Amen? Then number three said it's for correction. Sometimes even though we have convictions, sometimes even though um, we know the doctrine, if we're not careful, we can start walking away from it or letting things slide a little bit. That's kind of a, a good 2022 uh, phrase. We'll just let it slide. It's not that big a deal. Well, to God's, it's a big deal. Amen? So from time to time, as you study the Word of God, as the Spirit of God talks to your heart, you're going to have to have some corrections in your life. You may sway a little bit too far one way or the other, and God's Holy Spirit's going to want to pull you right back on the path that God wants you to live and uh, be the person He wants you to be, because otherwise, you're just living by your own feelings and your own passions. You've got to have convictions in your life to be what God wants you to be. Amen? And number four, and this is the big one for me, it's instruction into righteousness. You see, there's a lot of things God is going to tell you is right for you to do if you study His Word and listen to the Holy Spirit teach you what He wants you to be. That's instruction in righteousness. Is righteousness important? Well, righteousness is what will get you to heaven. Amen? So it sounds important to me. So we're, here we have righteousness, 
And if we have the two witnesses in our mind that would be free for all of us to be set apart from the world, the devil and all that he's trying to drive us into of the evil paths of this world, we would know how to live for God. You know, there are things that I can't go to the Bible and say, book, chapter, and verse, you shouldn't do that. But the righteous spirit that talks to my heart says, that's not going to benefit you to go that way. Now, why, I can't tell you, you know. Uh, there's just, I don't have Bible for it. I know a lot of people nowadays, um, and we, I was telling Bonnie, we was watching a TV show, and the TV show had two groups. It's on the game show network. Uh, any of you watch that? Okay, well, this team's against this team. And they were both telling their, where their teams came from, how they formed their team to be on this game show. Got it? And they were explaining their position, said, well, yeah, we like to do this, but we usually have a wine tasting before. And the other group said, well, yeah, we like to have our wine too before we go and do what our group likes to do. And I told him to Bonnie, I said, why do both of them have to have wine tasting to enjoy what they're doing? Amen? Why do they have to have that? Now, the Bible would tell me that I need to be conscientious to what I'm trying to be in a perilous world. And wine tasting or wine drinking or alcohol and all those things, they would drive me farther from where I need to be if I wanted to be righteous from God than if I left it out and said, oh, it's no big deal. Amen? We have to be understanding in what God is doing in our lives. Amen. You might say the devil can't change my mind about salvation. Don't kid yourself. Bigger and better people than you and me have fallen because the enemy just kept hammering on them, tempting them, trying to drive them away, and sidetracked them by the peerless times that the enemy is trying to put forth. Little by little, he wants to chip away at what you believe salvation is right for you. He wants to seduce you and compromise the truth that you know. And, and if you don't uh, continue to put your heart and mind in the things of God on a regular basis, he can have an impact in your life. Amen. I know. I've seen a lot of good people that I thought I would never see them do what they're doing. And yet, when I watch them today, it doesn't represent Christianity at all. The reason we need to stay in the Bible and stay true to the Holy Spirit is in verse number 17. I'll conclude with this one. That the man of God or the woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, I know the word perfect is a a ball that bounced around in the New Testament that a lot of people have got a misconception on. But if you study the word perfect, it means mature. Amen? Do you know that you're mature in Christ when you get saved? Amen? 47 years ago when I got saved, as far as God was concerned, at that point I was either perfect or mature. Boy, have I come a long way in 47 years. Amen? If you can't say amen to that, uh, you've missed the point. Because God, as he w walks with you, wants to keep you in that mature age. Amen. Now, when I got saved at 25, at that point, I was as mature as God wanted me to be. 
And then I studied for about 10 years, and at 35, God looked down and said, well, that guy's matured some. He's about as mature as I can get a 35-year-old. Then came 45, then 55, then 65, and more and more maturity came with that. How did it come? By the Word of God, by the Spirit of God. Amen? To be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I don't know what good works God expects any of us to do except myself. Amen? He's laid a plan in my heart, and I try to live it out best I can. Amen? He's put me in positions where I could use what I've learned in the things that he wants us to do. Amen? The reason I need to stay in the Bible and stay in tune with the Holy Spirit is right there. That I may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen? So you and I need to be in God and allow his two witnesses and then we'll be what he calls unto all, A-L-L, good works. Good works is God's goal in your life. He wants you to be the best person you can be in the kingdom of God for him. Amen? You need to bring forth those works. Amen? Righteous living is God's standard. Amen? Half-heartedness is not what God called you to be. Lukewarm is not part of the Christian walk. As a matter of fact, Revelation says if you're lukewarm, God wants to spew you out. That means vomit. Makes him sick. Amen. He said get hot or get cold. I can deal with the cold ones. I can deal with the hot ones. Those ones that want to straddle the fence, they scare me to death. Amen. Righteous living's the standard. Anything less will make you subject to the peerless times that we're surrounded by. Amen? Don't let the enemy get a foothold in your life to pump into your life things that will keep you less than being the righteous person God wants you to be. Amen? And remember, Jesus never said it'd be easy, just worth it. Let us